In today's episode of Comments Over Coffee, we're talking about COPPA, also known as the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. So grab your cup tumbler mug because we're starting right now. Welcome to Comments Over Coffee, where you will learn how to get better at YouTube and online video over a cup of coffee. Pour a cup for your host, Nick Nimmin. If this is your first time here, I do want to let you know that the comments are pulled from my YouTube channel or from the submission form on the Comments Over Coffee website. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube, you can submit yours at commentsovercoffee.com. And as long as it's not something that I've answered here before, um, I'll put it in the queue because I want to get a big list here of questions um, that people can use as like a nice, valuable resource for when they're trying to learn specific things about YouTube. So I also want to tell you that if you're a content creator and you want to know the best things to use for all aspects of content creation and the business around creating content, head over to bestcreatortools.com. It's a list that I personally put together of everything that I recommend, I personally use, or I have used on my channel and the businesses that I have around my channel. Again, you can find that at bestcreatortools.com. So in the conversation today, um, I actually got two submissions from the form on the commentsovercoffee.com website. One of them was um, from Carmen and Brian, and another one was from Andy Marshall. Both of them were about COPPA. And Carmen and Brian, they were wanting to know about putting a disclaimer in the front of the video to see if that would kind of help clarify things a little bit. And Andy is documenting the journey, creating self-publishing kids books, as well as talking about marketing and social media, or mindset, I'm sorry, and social media marketing for artists and creators and wants to know if that's a risky area um, since they are basically putting children's books together. Now, I have some information here that's going to set everyone's minds at ease, but if you are not familiar with the situation, let me just bring you up to date with what's going on just in case you haven't had any of those videos recommended to you on YouTube because I know not everybody, but you know, a ton of uh, content creators have made videos about this just trying to spread awareness about it and in all, you know, honesty, they're worried about it. You know, a lot of content creators are freaking out because depending on how all of this stuff ends up playing out, you know, like a lot of people are going to end up in a bad situation. Typically, that's people that are targeting kids. And the reason this whole thing happened in the first place is the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, which was a law that the U.S. government put into place back in 1998. They did it to protect children. Part of COPPA is that you can't track a child's online activities, and they define a child as somebody under 13 years old. And you can't tra track somebody's online activity. Well, when somebody's on YouTube and they are surfing around YouTube, even though it's in the terms of service of YouTube that you can't have an account if you are under 13 years old, when somebody's on YouTube and they are subscribing to a channel, then in order to mark that that channel has been subscribed to so that YouTube can serve future videos to that person, that they're tracking them there. If somebody leaves a comment, they like it, they share it, they add something to a playlist, like that's all cookie-based and it's all part of their back-end system that basically tracks all of the activity that's happening. They're tracking, you know, what videos they watch, they're tracking how they're interacting with the platform, the channels they subscribe to, but most importantly, they're tracking their advertising. <laughs> or they're not tracking their advertising, but they're advertising to them and they're showing them personalized ads based on all this activity. So that's where the real problem comes in. What happened is this came to the attention of the FTC and the FTC basically came after YouTube about it and YouTube settled with the FTC for $170 million and now all of this additional stuff is in place. So I do want to let you know if you are a content creator, now you have to mark your videos and this is what these questions are about today. You have to mark your videos as 
made for kids or not made for kids. And the idea behind this is that YouTube, they're allowed to serve ads, but they're not allowed to serve personalized ads on any videos that are marked for kids. And the reason for that is because if those videos are directed at kids, then they can't track anything, which means that those videos, they can't like subscribe, they can't comment, they can't have basically any interaction that would allow YouTube to track them and they can't get personalized ads. So part of that problem on the creator side is that because of this situation, a lot of people are going to lose a big chunk of ad revenue. Um, and some people are just going to have to stop doing YouTube that make content for kids unless a solution presents itself or unless YouTube comes up with something or unless the creator pivots in some way. So around the questions that we have here today, um, the very first one here that I'm going to talk about is Carmen and Brian's. And Carmen and Brian, again, they're wanting to know if putting a disclaimer at the front of the video is going to make a difference. Here's what I want you to understand, and this is actually going to apply to both questions, but what I want everybody to understand is that a big part of the panic was that there was no real definition on if the content was child-directed, like how do you actually define child-directed content? Like if you have an animation channel and kids are really likely to watch animation, so does that mean that you're directing your content towards kids, right? People were worried about that. Hey, if I have thumbnails and these thumbnails, you know, they're really bright and vibrant and they have characters in them. Does that mean that even though those would attract kids, am I making that content for kids? Right. And there's a lot of, you know, gray area there and there still is, but there's been some information put out that is a big relief for a lot of content creators. Now, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be fine and people don't have to worry about the fines and all that, or that you don't even have to think about it. What it means is, with the information that came out, the FTC and YouTube both said that if you are not targeting kids, if your content is not directed at kids, if when you're putting your content together, you're not saying to yourself, this, I'm making this so that a bunch of kids can watch it, a bunch of kids under 13 can watch this, or so that any kids under 13 can watch this, if that is not what you're trying to do with the content that you're putting out there, then according to the FTC and according to YouTube, then you don't have to worry about it as much. Now, we all know how this stuff goes. There's going to be collateral damage. That's just how it works. But one thing that came directly from Team YouTube, and I'll quote this here, this is directly off of their Twitter account. There's something called general audience content, and that basically means content that's made for a general audience, right? So general audience means that anybody can watch that content, right? It's not targeted towards kids, but sure, a kid might stumble into that content, but it's a general audience. And a lot of people are actually upset about YouTube about this too, because they are making us define if our content is for kids or not for kids, they don't give us the option to say that it's general audience, okay? But in order to clear this up, what they did is they put out this tweet and they say, and I quote, general audience content is intended for 13 plus. So if you create content that is targeted to a general audience, you can set your audience as not made for kids. A video isn't necessarily made for kids just because it's safe or appropriate for everyone to watch, okay? So basically the thing is in that situation that if you are not targeting kids, and this is what I'm pulling from this, and just so you know, like, you know, I'm not a lawyer. If you have content that's on the line, you really need to consult a lawyer about it because if you are targeting kids and you know, you know, when you're, when you're putting this together, you know if you're targeting kids or not, you know what you're doing, right? So if you are targeting kids, 
then I would definitely um, consult a lawyer about this. And if you're not, and you do think that your stuff is borderline, I would also contact a lawyer as well about this. So one person that I personally know um, that you could contact is Ian Corzine. Um, if you just go to iancorzine.com or you can just Google him, uh, he's a social media lawyer and he's been helping out a lot of people with this in terms of, you know, he can look at it from a lawyer's perspective and uh, and, and just kind of give people advice because he's a, he's a lawyer. So that gives him the ability to lean on <laughs> on the law in order to advise people on stuff. But anyway, with this tweet that they put out and with the information that the FTC has put out, again, supporting that general audience thing. What I'm collecting from this is that if your content is not directly targeting children, then you're going to be fine. Just market not for kids, and then you're going to be okay. Now, with that said, and this is where things get tricky. Remember how I was just talking about collateral damage? So, and this is something that you might run into, Andy. So before I talk about this, I'll actually talk again. I'll, I'll mention what Andy said. Um, so Andy is documenting the journey, creating self-publishing kids books. They also talk about mindset and social media marketing on the channel as well for artists and creators. So with Andy wanting to know if this is a risky area, this is where things get kind of crazy. So somebody that I work with, a, a client of mine, they actually put out a video and it's clearly not for kids, but YouTube's automated systems who are basically scanning YouTube and checking to see if it deems the content as something that might be directed at kids. YouTube's automated system flagged their video. And it's clear, I mean, it, it is, there's no question that it is not a video targeting kids. However, the title of that video had five-year-old, like written out five-year-old, right? Or five-year-olds. I think it was five, yeah, five-year-old was the specific words that were a part of the title. So we're thinking that that is probably what triggered AI or uh, YouTube's automated systems to flag that video. Now, in your case, since you're making the kids books, I would just make sure that you are very mindful, Andy. I would make sure that you're very mindful about what it is that you use in the title. So if your books are targeted towards children because you're publishing kids books, but you're basically showing the journey, and this is all about framing, right? If you're showing the journey of documenting the kids books, of creating and self-publishing kids books so that other people that want to follow in your footsteps of creating and self-publishing kids books can do so, then in my personal opinion, again, I'm not a lawyer. You're going to have to make this judgment call yourself, but I don't think you're targeting kids, right? But I would definitely be mindful about what it is that you're putting in your title and make sure that you're not putting anything in your title that might trigger YouTube's automated systems to think, hey, this might be something that's, that's for kids to where you're going to have to go through a process of you know, figuring out how to dispute it and all of that. So in both of these situations with Carmen and Brian, putting that bumper in the beginning, you know, that's something that I personally don't think is necessary. And again, I'm not a lawyer, but that's something that I don't personally think is necessary because if you're not directly targeting kids, then according to what YouTube is saying, what the FTC is saying, then in that situation, it seems like you'll probably be okay. And I say probably because again, I'm not a lawyer, right? But I can tell you this in my content, I'm sure there are plenty of people that are under the age of 13 that have consumed my content over time. That does not mean that I'm going to put a disclaimer at the beginning of my videos. That does not mean that I'm going to be extra hypersensitive to what I put in my titles. All it means is that I know that my content is general audience. I know that anybody can watch my content. 
and I know that I'm not targeting kids with my content. And because of that, I'm going to always mark my content as not for kids. If YouTube's automated systems thinks differently, that's fine. They can flag it, whatever. But I have a really good, I don't know if feeling is the right thing to say, but, but just logically working it through, I think that it'll be fine for all of us. Carmen, Andy, Brian, myself. Um, I think that, you know, for all of us that are making more general audience content, I think that we're going to be fine. So if you're listening to this right now and you've been over those hurdles, because look, I've gotten tons of Twitter messages. I've gotten or Twitter DMs. I've gotten people tweeting at me, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, emails, <laughs> right, of people like really worrying about what it is that they should do. And again, I get it. I totally understand. I mean, as soon as all this stuff started coming out, everybody was like, "Uh oh, this is a really bad situation. Tons of our favorite content creators you know, they're putting out content saying, hey, I'm going to close my channel. This is it for YouTube. This is it for me. It was like a really scary moment. And because it was such a scary moment, you know, everybody was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what's going to happen? Now they're going to start implementing all this stuff in January. And we're going to start seeing there's going to be reports coming in of the collateral damage, probably of things that will, you know, that will get triggered, even though they weren't, or that I'm sure they'll probably end up being whole channels where YouTube's automated system will say, hey, guess what? You know, we think that your channel's for kids or whatever. I'm sure that's going to happen. I don't think that it'll happen at scale, so to speak, but I think that there will be, you know, instances of that because anytime automation is in control of anything, it's not perfect and it runs into, you know, problems because basically they're using a machine to define that and then leaving it up to the creator to dispute it. But um, one thing that I do want to say is that if you know that your content is not directed at kids, you know that you have general audience content, in that situation, what I recommend that you do is just be mindful of what it is that you're doing. Be mindful of what it is that you're putting in your titles and keep making content. Don't let this discourage you in terms of like, oh my gosh, I'm like afraid to put this content out now because I'm worried that I might get in trouble because of it or that I might get some ridiculous fine because of it or get my channel shut down because of it, right? YouTube is always changing. Like these laws are always changing. They're always going to be changing. Like we're basically in a situation where we're in this like new media thing, right? And with new media, like new laws are going to get applied to it over time and changes are always going to be made through all of the different types of content that we can put out there online. So because of that, just embrace the change and educate yourself on it. I have in the description of my FTC video on my YouTube channel, if you watch my YouTube content, um, and you can go to Nick Nimmin, uh, youtube.com slash Nick Nimmin um, in order to find my YouTube channel. But if you watch my YouTube content, you'll see my FTC video there in the description of that video. You know what? I'll actually just put them down here um, in the description of this podcast as well um, so that you can have the information here. So instead of going to the YouTube channel, I'll just put them in the uh, in the description of this podcast or in the show notes. So all you have to do if you are on a Apple device and you're listening to this in the podcast, uh, Apple podcast, and you can just basically open it up, scroll up with your thumb, and then you'll be able to see the links going to everything that I talk about anytime during the podcast. And you'll also be able to see the links going to different FTC related things. So hopefully that gave you a little bit of information about what's going on with FTC. I might end up diving deeper into that as we get closer to January when they start implementing all of this stuff, because there's going to be a whole other wave, I'm guessing, of content creators, you know, kind of freaking out because as everything's rolling out, then people are going to start talking about it even more than they have already because it was basically this big surge of conversation about it. And then it kind of tapered down a little bit. And I'm assuming that as soon as they start rolling it out, that um, that there's going to be this bigger surge again. But one thing that you do need to know 
is that with every video that you upload and you see this, it doesn't matter if you're uploading videos on your phone. It doesn't matter if you're uploading videos from your computer. You're going to see a notice on the page saying that you have to notify them if your videos are made for kids or not. Now, if you're still using classic studio, if you're still using the old YouTube, one thing that they say here is that if you don't update your audience setting, YouTube's automated systems may set it for you or take action on your account. It's also possible that the FTC or other authorities may pursue action against you. Let us know if you have any other questions. It was the tweet that they put out. So go into YouTube Studio Beta, the new, and it's not beta anymore. It's now YouTube Studio. Don't use the classic when you're uploading your videos. Use the new version because that version allows you to, that version allows you to mark your content as made for kids. I'd love to know your thoughts about the show. If you have a chance, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a written review that lets other people know, hey, is this, does this podcast suck? Is it good? Like, you know, it just kind of lets them know what's, uh, what's going on, if they should listen to it or not. Um, and to learn about more about YouTube and online video over a cup of coffee, make sure that you remember to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. I hope you learned something today. Thanks for having a coffee with me. Get show notes, resources, and more over at commentsovercoffee.com or grab yourself a refill and listen to another episode.